actually the mascot. Oh, gaucho Oh, we're live, George. Um, Welcome to What Are Your Rights podcast with George Daring and Bob Mortland. I'm Bob Mortland, and today we're going to be talking about court. Uh, more specifically, we want to focus today on state courts and what it is that state courts do, why you would find yourself in state court if you ever would. I know we all drive down the roads and we see a big building that says Superior Court of California. And we, What does that mean? Most of us drive past it and try to stay out of there. George people, and I like to, to go into every single one I'd like one to of think them. that some people walk past it. Some people walk past it. Some bicycle past it. Well, this podcast isn't for bicyclists. No? No bicyclists? I like bicyclists, though. I guess so. I just like to be arbitrarily difficult. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's you. That's how you've That's you everyone <laughs> in this room. And I think you're in this room, too. I so, am in this room right now. So we're now. talking about court. There are two types of court in the United States. Bob, what are they? Well, there are two branches of court. There's state court and there's federal court, but there are all kinds of different Yeah, there are different levels. We're not going to be talking about federal court today. That's going to be another podcast. Today we're going to be concentrating on state court because state court encompasses 95% of legal cases. 95? Throughout the entire country, yes. Wow. So state courts do handle pretty much all cases in the United States that are litigated, they they make their way up to federal court, or the federal court can start with them, but 95% of the cases that are heard in the United States are heard in state court. We're going to focus primarily on California, because we're both California attorneys, so our goal is to discuss state courts in the state of California. Now, George, I know a while back, courts used to be municipal courts and superior courts. Yeah. I know this because my grandpa was a judge at a superior court, and he used to always brag about that. And I never knew what the difference between municipal and superior was until law school, but uh, I'm your guessing... Gran- your grandpa was a judge, huh? He was. Mine was a mortician. So we have so much in common. It's odd because my last name's Mortland, and, and you'd figure that my grandpa would be a mortician with that last name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Mort Mortland. Um, but... but dum <laughs> What happened <laughs> as far as the municipal and the superior court? Well, before 1998... There were municipal courts and superior courts. I think, pretty sure, municipal courts had to do with traffic court, uh, misdemeanors. Did they have to do with municipal code violations in the municipal court? I mean, not usually. Usually municipal code violations are like handled differently. So we're not even going to get into those. That's like, an, uh, like three podcasts. Well, today they're handled in traffic court with traffic cases a lot right. of the time. So there used to be a municipal court and the superior court used to be just felonies, but in 1998, California voters approved something called Proposition 220, which allowed judges per county to vote to whether or not to unify both the municipal and superior courts. And of the 58 counties, uh, all 58 judges, uh, all counties in the 58, uh, I have two hours sleep. They're all unified spirit court. <laughs> Two hours of sleep. <laughs> this is going to be a fun show today. This is be a Ladies great and gentlemen, show. strap yourselves in, buckle yourselves down, and gear up for the ride. I it's going to be an I need amazing some hour or half hour or five four, hour energy. 45 minutes. I was going to say five hour energy three times, but I'm still waiting to see if they're going to sponsor us. Let, let's it's, not shamelessly I'm promote five it, hour energy. I'm not going to say it again, but the other one that might sponsor us. It's not five hour energy. Rhymes with Ed Cruel. Hmm. Yeah. No idea what that could be. Or um, and the other one that flatly said no, it rhymes with Mokhtar. I'm not gonna. Hmm. I don't want litigation. I'm just saying. 
I don't. I don't think you're saying real words anymore. I'm just saying it was. Cut this out. It was Red Bull, and Rockstar is what I wanted. Oh but yeah. The only one I think might sponsor us is Five Hour Energy. I, I don't think any energy drink is going to be sponsoring a legal podcast right now. So I'll shamelessly throw out the ones the I podcast. like. So now all 58 counties in the state of California are unified superior court. What does that mean? Basically, all that means is when you go into court, whether it be that traffic case or if you're charged with murder, you are in superior court. So they lump everyone together? Yes. Why on earth would they do that? Judicial efficiency, mostly. Before 1998, the legislature uh, said how many municipal courts there would be and how many courts and how many municipal court judges and commissioners and pro tems. But I was a lawyer in 2005. And beyond, uh, 1998, I wasn't. I was barely in college, so frankly, you'd have to ask a lawyer that was practicing back then. But it really doesn't matter now because we're not all unified. Okay, so everything's all heard in the same court buildings. Now, I notice a lot of the courts still have superior court on them. I, I haven't seen a municipal court anymore, obviously, because those have been done away with. But they still call themselves superior court. Right. They still, I mean, because they're all superior court. Superior to what? Everything and nothing. So- I don't know. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> we could go, we, we could talk about the history of the, the phrase superior. This isn't an English podcast, though. We're not talking about the dictionary. We're not dictionarians, all you ten listeners. Yeah, my last name's not Webster. It's not? No, no. So, uh, Bob, won't we list off the areas of law that state courts handle? First of all, let me, I mean, this is general. State courts handle all cases with state law. And what that includes is? Well, it includes all criminal cases. And misdemeanor appeals. It, it includes all civil cases that are general civil, uh, certain civil appeals that are up to $25,000, probate cases, family law cases, juvenile law cases, expungements, uh, wills, trusts. There's all kinds of different things that can be heard at the, the state court level. Basically, anything that has state law is going to be in state court. But if it has federal law, where, where's that one held? It'll obviously be in federal court. Or it could be a state law or a state that could be suing another state that's federal law. There are other reasons why there would be federal law. There's a federal question. If it's a state law issue with a federal question, most likely it will be elevated to federal law. But we're not going to get really into that in this podcast. Today is just about what is court. So Bob, what? Go. I was just going to say, what is court? What do you do at court? What are the things that should be expected of court? I know most people don't go into court every day. Most people don't have a job like George and I where we're in court every day. And so there's certain rules that court you know has. Do you know what my motto is when I go to court? What's your motto? Hurry up and wait. That is a great motto for criminal court in the state of California is to hurry up, get there, and then wait until the judge wants to hear you. It's a little frustrating, but... But you know why you have that motto of hurry up and wait? No. Because you've got to be on time. Yes. You've got to be on time to court every single time. Always be. Listen, if you're going to be in court, get there on time. Be that if you're a juror, if you're just a, if you're just a party to the case. Like, you don't have to be a defendant. If you just want to find out what's going on in a case, get there on time. If you're not on time, there could be consequences to being late, especially if it's your court date. If you show up late to your own court date... Uh, depending on what type of case it is, there could be certain things that happen to you, such as you could find yourself in custody. If you, that means you're going to get put in jail. Yep. If you're going to be late, contact. If you have a lawyer, contact your lawyer. Let them know, or contact the court. 
clerk's office and let them know you're going to be late. you got to have a good excuse, though. Yeah, it's not, oh, I'm running late because I'm late. Because I only slept two hours last night. That's not night. an excuse. No, bad excuse. It's No, see, it's an explanation, but it's not an excuse, an excuse for uh, my flub earlier. There's no excuse for that. No. You know why? You know what I, you know what I don't bring? Today, when I came to the office, I, I brought all our podcast equipment, brought my briefcase, brought a Gatorade that I'm drinking, and a legal pad. You know what I didn't bring, though? A pen. Excuses? Hmm. I don't bring that. I don't see a pen, either. Oh, yeah? Oh, he's, he's getting it out. I got there it is. How many, how many pens do I have in my Several. Pod? I have Hun- two. Hundreds. Usually, I have a blue and a black pen. Why? I think just for the comedic effect. You want blue or black, but these are these are both black. Both black pens in your hand today. So you did come prepared with a pen. Ballpoint. You like that? Just not a mind. Uh, so with with probably court, not. With court, people need to know that there are rules. There are things you got to do in court. Such please, as please, please dress appropriately. What that means is don't wear shorts, don't wear flip flops. They'll ask you to take your hat off in court. Uh, unless it's for religious purposes, they're not going to do that. The reason they want you to take your hat off is that you're, you're they on video your hair. They they want to be able to see. They want to see how nice your hair is. See if you're balding. Right. They talk about it. They afterwards. do. But everything's recorded in court in case you commit a crime, in case uh, you pop off or whatever reason. But you're going to be videotaped, and a hat could conceal your identity. Also, remove your sunglasses. Well, another reason why you should not wear a hat, I had a case like this not too long ago, where somebody else showed up who was not the defendant and claimed to be the defendant. So the cameras, as George was saying, (laughs) the cameras, as George was saying, are there in place to show if that's really the person who should be there. And if they have to, they can take the video and use that against you for perjury later. Yeah, they can. Another thing you really shouldn't bring is children... Uh, don't uh, a lot of quorums actually say no no one under 18 now store your children at home if you can or, or someone else that can take care of them don't oh, don't I mean, leave them alone but store your children store like them store like them at cattle, home like they're male that was an awkward silence <laughs> that was a very it's awkward about silence about 4 seconds one thing you can do you can research the court you're going to if you really can't afford child care a lot of courts have child care there if you're a criminal defendant or if you're in a family law case. Basically what will happen is you could check your children into the daycare facility. Yes, but I've had problems with this. Not myself. I haven't tried to store any children at the court. Don't store children at the court. But uh, I've had problems with this where somebody would show up with a child that's not a child of the defendants or a child of any party in any action, but they still wanted to go watch the court proceedings. Unfortunately, you have to be on the docket in order to have your child watch in many of the courts. Well, you know, when I was starting out my practice, I actually went to court, and I asked. I, I didn't bring my kids, but I asked. I just inquired. I was like, you know, I'd like to bring my kids in case, you know, for whatever reason, in case I can't find child care. And they said, are you a defendant? And I said, no. Mm. And Did you lie to them? Were you a defendant that time? No, I've never been a defendant. Huh. But I said, no. And they said, well, you can't do it unless you're a defendant. And I said, well... What kind of crime do I have to commit? And they didn't get the joke. So I haven't brought my kids there. All right. I could be a defendant. You could be. I won't, though. No? I don't like breaking laws. Well, you should think about it. Well, well you know, that'll be another podcast. Okay. Now, the courts also are very strict with bringing in food or drinks or... Some courts allow water. Some. 
uh, few courts even allow water, though. I, I've had people sent out of courtrooms because they had water on them and were completely kicked away from the entire proceedings that they were supposed to be a part of. So Some, it's it's, it's difficult when you show up with water or Coke or I would suggest food. you don't bring a book. A lot of people that aren't lawyers will say, oh, you're going to be waiting a lot. Bring a book uh, to pass the time. Judges don't like that. One of the reasons I think judges don't want you to read during court proceedings is you, they want you to pay attention to see what's going on. You may have a similar situation, and if the judge chastises one person for whatever reason, if they be that, and if they give you an excuse, that that makes no sense, or if they're just uh, they just want a continuance and there's no reason, or I mean, I can think of a thousand different reasons why you'd want to be paying attention in court and. It's very, um, it's ill-advised to bring a book and read it in court. Well, I disagree. I think you should bring a book, but not to court itself. If you have jury duty, you're going to be incredibly bored if you're sitting up there and they haven't sent you to a court yet. You're just waiting to be sent to a court. That's a good point to have a book. Inside the courtroom, do not bring a book. Yes, the courtroom itself, do not bring a book. Don't bring a a magazine, a newspaper, any reading material. Uh, The flipping of the pages gets annoying and the judge will get frustrated with that alone, let alone the fact that you're completely not paying attention to what's going on. And the judge could be saying things that apply to your case as well. Right. Uh, do we talk about phones? We should talk about phones. Do phones go off all the time. Off. Please turn them off. Put them on vibrate, even though the bailiffs will probably say, just turn it off, just so the judge doesn't hear it. It's so annoying when a phone goes off in court. Sometimes you can even hear the vibrate. The older yeah. phones uh, sometimes have a, a louder, stronger vibrate that you can hear all the way across the room. If you have a phone that you can hear the vibrate on, turn it completely off. It's not worth it. All all it does is has to ring one time for you to get kicked out, have a bench warrant issued. Uh, a number of things could happen depending on how picky your particular judge is that you're in front of. And especially the bailiff. If the bailiff sees the phone, they're going to take it. And no matter what time it is, if it's in the morning, you're going to get it back at the end of court, which is at the end of the afternoon session, which is usually around 4 or later. True. Sometimes even the next day after One thing we've already kind of touched on, but expect to wait. Even if you're on time, there's going to be a lot of waiting. Yes, hurry up, get there, be there on time, and then wait. One of the benefits, though, of having a private attorney is usually the private attorney cases are called first. But if you don't have a private attorney, if you have a public defender, do you think it's a wise decision to walk up and and demand that your case be called first? What if you got to get to work? You're late. I was a public defender for four years, and one of my biggest pet peeves was when someone comes up to me, of the 60 people that I had to represent that day, one, not one person, probably five to ten people will go up to me and say, hey, can you call me first because I need to do this or I need to go here and, you know, what it boils down to is they just want to get out of court because court could be stressful for people that aren't. They don't know what's going on. And boring. If you can be on the first of the calendar, why not try to get the first on the calendar? Any any excuse. I've had clients do that to me several times. Typically, public defenders don't call their cases first. Usually it's the private attorneys. They usually give uh, leeway to the private attorneys because usually private attorneys have to be in other courtrooms. What else? So don't ask if you can be called first. Schedule your time wisely. Okay? Don't. Don't double book yourself on the same day you have to be in court. 
especially if it's a criminal or an infraction traffic ticket matter, anything like that. You want to make sure that you have that entire morning free. I do this a lot of the times. I can have two cases on in a morning, and I keep my entire morning free because I don't know if I'm going to get called first on my cases or absolute dead last. Things happen. Things pop up. So you never know when exactly your case is going to be called. So the best advice that I have for that is show up on time. Wait for your name to be called. And when it's called, that's when your case is called. You know, I, I gave a, an exception once um, when I was a public defender. Public defenders give exceptions? I, yeah, yeah. Well, I did. What I did was... You know uh, why, George? Because you're a nice guy. I, it's the illusion of being nice. People. Uh, the other day, <laughs> someone called me up and said, hey, you're a great guy. I said, well, I'm glad I've convinced you. But no, I... <laughs> I, I'm trying really hard to convince everyone that's listening, and you're blowing yeah. it. You're blowing it. I'm sorry. It. Yeah, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I don't like long walks on the beach, though. No, I, I had a client that, that got a phone call. She started sobbing in court. She said, my father just had a heart attack. That's one of those cases where, yeah, I'll probably call you first. Fair enough. Now, inside of the court, there are, are several people that are involved. The court's not just uh, one person in there. There's all kinds of different players that are all involved in the legal system, uh, all the way from police officers up to clerks. These are the judges, players. Things the players like that. in court. So you ask me, ask me, what is court? What is court? It's a room, it's a, it's a building where judges work, but that's not important right now. It's not. Oh! Love Airplane. I was waiting for you to ask me that, but you never did. I didn't. You I didn't, didn't set me up on that to. one. I, I, just, I, don't know I, I got you to, to set me up for that. We're going to edit that part out so people won't hear. They don't hear the setup to the joke. They just hear the joke. They're not going to hear the setup. They're just going to hear me be brilliant, but without you. So who are the people involved in a typical court? In a courtroom, you're going to have either a judge, a commissioner, or a pro tem judge, usually uh, an attorney that goes in and, and handles cases. Usually it's lower level cases. Pro tem judges are, uh, they, they don't handle like very high level like felonies they'll handle small claims they'll do some family law Ooh, commissioners small claims. fun times so it's usually a judge or commissioner those uh, are the guys in the black they wear the black sheets or the women sexist i didn't mean to be sexist guys you meant both I, men and women yeah i'm not i'm not trying to be sexist or, or pc here i'm just having a conversation about the court system yeah there's also the lawyers how dare you <laughs> those are the people that w come in in suits and walk through, and the bailiff doesn't yell at him. Well, yes. sometimes even the lawyers no. get yelled at. <laughs> Which brings us to the bailiff. The bailiff is usually a deputy in the in the local county sheriff's department. That's assigned to the very boring task of sitting in court. And I say boring because every bailiff I've ever talked to says it's boring. It's an 8-to-5 job. Which is kind of awful because usually they work four tens and they're off three days a week. No, but court is pretty fantastic of a job to be a bailiff because you don't have to work holidays. You don't have to work overtime. You work Monday through Friday no, at they, normal they, business hours. And they get called in for, for all those days. Sometimes, <laughs> They just, they just yeah. have to. But, yeah, I mean, it's usually boring unless a fight breaks out in court, which I've seen. Does happen. And I haven't, and I wasn't the instigator in most of them. There's also, now here's the most important part. I remember litigation at Golden Gate University School of Law in San Francisco. Beautiful, fantastic school. Well, shout out. Hang out. Yeah, that's a good shout out. What are they going to do? They should forgive us some student loans for just saying that. Uh, no, they probably won't. They won't. The no. most important person in the, cl in, in, in the court, my, the first thing I learned in litigation. It's not the judge. Litigation, by the way, is just a fancy word for saying in court arguing or out of court arguing. 
it's pretty much you fighting for something. So when I say litigation, that just means you don't push papers. Right. You argue with somebody else. I write you on have papers. Somebody else. I write on papers that make pe- that that push other people. You push other people with your papers. Yeah. You're a paper pusher with people. That's like a tongue twister. It Say is. that ten thousand times real fast. Go. No. The most important person in the court, aside from the judge, is the court clerk. As a lawyer, if there are any lawyers listening, you've got to be friends with the court clerk. They will save you. They will help you. They are the most important. It's a little pet peeve of mine, though, when court clerks think they're judges. I that just it happens on me. a lot, oh, though. Yeah, there are plenty of court clerks that want to act as uh, pretending that they're the wife of the judge, and they're going to make all the decisions, or, the or husband, or of, the husband of the judge, and they're going to make all the decisions. And I, I remember my one of my first experiences as a defense attorney. I, I just out of law school get hired at an excellent public defender's office in the Central Valley, and I walk in between the, the, the court bench where the, court, where the judge sits and the lawyer's table. I don't walk around. I walk through. The judge doesn't care. The judge doesn't care at all. The court clerk starts yelling at me while court is in session. Well, you shouldn't have done that. She says, don't do that. It's a rule of court. You don't, you know. And the judge turns to her and says, it's, it's okay. But she was like, she was like furious at me. Well, the, the court clerk has the power in the court, and they want to keep the power in the court. They want to keep order. They want to maintain yeah. the court, and they want to make sure that everything's done in a, an efficient manner. Basically, what happens is whatever happens in court, the court clerk... Uh, what's, um, well, the court clerk's the one memo- that writes mem- all the minutes. She memorializes it in something called minutes on this very long carbon paper, and it's very important what they write. Carbon paper? Where it's are you practicing? Everywhere. S- some of them have switched over to a fancy thing called computers now, and they, they yeah, print you know, it out for you. They print it out in court? Uh, some do, yeah. I'm not going to say what counties I practice <laughs> in, but the county, all the counties I practice in, it's all carbon paper. They give one to yeah. the court. Pretty then, much all in the Bay Area are carbon copies like and that. And then they give one to the defendant or whoever, the plaintiff. It's just so you know what happened in court officially. Which brings us to the court reporter. The court reporter is somebody that sits there and they they're a stenographer and they take down every single word that you say in shorthand it's important that you speak slowly and you make eye contact with them so that you know if they're getting what you're saying or you're not getting what they're saying they will oftentimes stop the middle of court proceedings if they're not getting down your words and yell at you and tell you slow down yeah and it's embarrassing if they do that so you want to make sure that the court reporter the stenographer is doing their job, and yes. you're not forcing them Speak to do the job. Speak very clearly. That's it, another reason they don't want you to talk in the court audience, another reason they don't want your cell phone to go off. And another reason why nodding and saying, mm-hmm, yeah. doesn't work. That's not going to work, because the judge will say, hey, my court reporter is trying to take down all these things. Mm-hmm means yes, and they say yes. So that's another reason to pay attention in court, so you don't walk up there and sound like a fool. Court reporters are usually in every courtroom because of the California budget. A lot of courts are doing away with them. It's really unfortunate. Mostly in misdemeanor courts, they'll record Yeah, which still gets sent to a court reporter later, so it's still important, I think more important, to watch how you speak and to maintain a a nice flow of speech because now what happens is they take the disc and they send it off to somebody that transcribes it 
So you don't even have someone in front of you that'll tell you if they can understand you or not understand right. you. I, I remember one time there's a there's a visiting court transcriptionist, a court reporter, and she was severely hard of hearing. It wasn't like we were speaking not clearly. She was just every other sentence she would say, wait, wait, I can't hear. Finally, the judge got kind of a little fed up, and they just did a recess because she was she forgot her hearing, hearing aids. <laughs> Oh, and no. I mean, we weren't laughing, but I mean, in hindsight, it's kind of funny. I, I talked to her, you know, afterwards, and she thought it was kind of funny. The judge didn't matter because not much was going on, but it, it just—it was impossible. I think it was a court trial I was doing, and it was just a very frustrating <laughs> afternoon. What else have we got? Well, to sum it up, the the players in the courtroom are the judges. You've got the lawyers. And the lawyers in the courtroom can vary depending on what type of case it is. In fact, if you're all the way down in a small claims court, uh, lawyers may not even be prohibited de- depending on what exactly it is well, that, be prohibited. that you're arguing. Well, if it's a trial de novo in, in um, small claims court, the lawyers are allowed to be there for oh, really? a trial de novo. Yeah, yeah. But not, not the first trial, just a de novo on that. Right, but for the part. most part, don't, don't hire an attorney for a small claims case because they can't do it. Well, I mean, I, I've had people hire me, and I sit down with them and explain to them what they should do. I pretty much set up their entire case for them for small claims and tell them what to do and tell them how to subpoena documents or human beings and what to argue and what the process is. You cannot bring an, an attorney into a small claims case, but that's getting a little off topic. Sure. So let's turn back to the courts again. And inside the courthouse itself, there's typically certain offices in there. And those offices are the clerk's office. Um, those are the same people that are in the courtroom. They just have an office that you can go file paperwork with, get dates from. And and if you're going to go to file, let's say you want to file for anything like a divorce or a bankruptcy. bankruptcy or small claims or whatever it is, you're going to, you know, I don't know if it, they handle, I think bankruptcy might be federal. I don't know. I don't ooh, do bankruptcy ooh, at I all. I said that. Yeah. I don't do bankruptcy either. We'll get a bankruptcy do, expert in here to speak. Yeah. And no, we are. We'll I think in a, in a couple of months we're gonna, we already have them lined up. But if you're going to go into court to file anything, restraining order, anything, do your research. Find out what time the court clerk's office closes because California budget, now the court clerks are usually closed at 2.30. Usually it's till 4. So There's please do your research. There's some companies that close at noon. Right. And it's really, and it's it's unfortunate because they really, the court clerks are really, they're overworked as it is. And I really hope all court clerks are listening to this. We have about 20 in the Bay Area that listen to this. Well, I like court clerks. Nothing They're the greatest. Nothing bad going to come out of my mouth about any court clerk. Every single one of them. You know what's funny, though? I mean, I actually am friends with all the court clerks I used to appear in the last job I had. All the, in fact, they they still call me once in a while just to see how I'm doing. It's, It's nice. So when you were at Golden Gate, you really took that advice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. And and it is paid off in spades. Now, the court also has other offices inside of it. They Usually, the district attorney is in the court. Um, the public defender, a lot of times, is in the court. If not, it's in that general area of the court. The district attorney is the place you're going to go to file a claim against somebody. Like, if you've gone to the police department, they're not helping you, but you're a victim of a crime you might want to go to the district attorney's office and talk with them about it. They're also the ones you go to to pick up discovery. And discovery is, a in a criminal case, that's a packet of information that they're using against you in order to bind you, to hold a case against you, not to bind you over yet. But um, 
those are the things you could pick up at the district attorney's office. You can also inquire as to the status of a case, if it's being filed, when it's being filed, uh, those sort of things. The public defender, that's the office you'll go to if you can't afford an attorney and you need someone to represent you and the court has appointed an attorney for you. Most of the time, that'll be at the public defender's office is where you'll find your attorney. Um, I think that's really all there is in, in the courtroom. You know, courts in state court here, pretty much everything involving state law in California, including family law, civil, small claims, traffic, criminal, uh, all that kind of stuff. Do you have anything to add, George? Sil uh, silence? Yes, I have something to add. Uh, a new client had just come to see a famous lawyer. client says, can you tell me how much you charge? Of course, said the lawyer. I charge $200 to answer three questions. Well, that's a bit steep, isn't it? Yes, it is, said the lawyer. And what's your third question? See you next week.